Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Okay, so today I have a very special guest in person with me. I usually don't have an opportunity to have live guests with me, but Linda Cohen, she's the kindness catalyst. Good to have you. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so you speak uh, to organizations on the economy of kindness. You also help leaders and organizations recognize how kindness transforms their bottom line. How did you become the kindness catalyst? How did I become the or, kindness? Yeah, yeah, just give yourself that name. Like, how does, how does that all work? I've been nicknamed that, I would say. Um, My story starts probably a while ago as a personal story. Uh, When I lost my dad in 2006, I took on a project in his memory to do a thousand mitzvahs, Mm -hmm. which in Judaism is actually an act of kindness. So that was kind of what launched me into this kindness world. And eventually, um, my blog became a book and I realized that I could share this message with companies and organizations and other people around how acts of kindness really do make a difference. So you, you said you started as a blog and then you turn. I have the book yes, right here, A Thousand yes. Mitzvahs, How Small Acts of Kindness Can Heal, Inspire, and Change Your Life. So you started this as a blog, turned it into a book. How the blog come about? Obviously, you said uh, you know your dad passed away, and and then it led to this. Tell me about that whole story. Um, the idea came to me in the middle of the night, yeah. and my husband, you know, in the morning when I said I want to do a thousand mitzvahs in honor of my dad, he said, "How are you going to know you've done a thousand of anything?" And he helped me start a blog, and that was in two thousand and seven when blogs were still not so prevalent. Yeah. Um, and really, it was just a way to track each day what happened. I never set out to yeah. do anything in particular. So um, after about a year and a half, I had a young. Rabbi come to me. And at that point, I was only at 500. I thought the project would take less than a year, but it turned out to take almost two and a half years. But I had this young rabbi come to me and he said, I, I think you should write a book. You know, this doing something active in honor of somebody who's passed away seems really like it's transformed how you live your life. And so um, I pitched it to a place down in the Bay Area, a writing uh, publishing house, and they said, yeah, we Incredible. Wrote a book. Yeah. So you weren't even through the thousand myth- myths and you had a book deal already. I did. <laughs> yeah. uh, so when you started that blog originally, did you have the thousand mitzvahs in mind or were you just literally taking day by day and you were thinking I could do one I could do five and just will and I'll document my process exactly the latter yeah I had no idea it was totally organic I had never I didn't even know I was going to become a speaker honestly it was really this relationship with my dad had been really difficult and when he died we'd had some healing and it was just sort of like a life transforming aha in the middle of the night so but so here, but but it yeah. put me on this path to work with kindness and to work in a place where, you know, there's so much good in the world, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, I feel like we are saturated with the bad. Um, headline, headline media, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, and so like, I I turned off the media a long time yeah, ago. Same here. You know, I don't like to delve into that because I feel like then I would think every everybody well, you get sucked you get sucked into it, and then it's just just constant negativity around exactly. you. Yeah. Exactly. So you try to create this positive environment, create the thousand mitzvahs. You document that 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 when that night that it came to you. <laughs> 
did you have some ideas in mind as to what you wanted to do? Like, what did you want to change the world? Did you want to change yourself? Like, what? You know, I do remember waking up and thinking, my gosh, if I mean, this is going to sound silly, but my daughter was almost a bat mitzvah child. So she was like 12 years old. I was like, gosh, if a group of teenagers could do this, how cool would that be if they could just be out there doing acts of kindness? And then I think somehow I had to do it first because I have now spoken to teenagers and high school students and elementary school students. So maybe it needed to be the project I took on before I could be a spokesperson about it and how incredibly amazing it can change your life when you think about just looking for ways to give back. Yeah. When you started the blog, because it's socially driven and there's community, I assume you built a community and that's why you got the book deal that you did. Yeah. What sort of response did you have with some of those acts of kindness and what, how, how did you document some of those things? You know, again, they were just organic things that happened yeah. every day. And uh, the, the blog, be, you know, tracked all the thousand. The book only has 90 mitzvahs in them. Yeah. So when we went to write the book, we really honed in on the, stories. the, yeah. the specific yeah. stories. Yeah. And actually writing the book became the secondary project of healing in mm-hmm. some ways because I was able to put into the book uh, the learning that mm-hmm. the reader might get out of this. And I feel like my voice is in there because I do help share and teach people about Judaism because yeah. there's all these great yeah. you know, tools and, and et cetera in there. So. What sort of people have uh, reached out to you right. and, and is it people from all walks of life at different levels in their either career or their personal life? Like what sort of, yeah, what, they, what kind of response so are you It's so crazy. I mean, I've had 11 year old kids reach out to me who wanted to start their own projects. I've had teenagers who wanted to do something at their high school level and were inspired by something they had read. I have wow. had, you know, philanthropists or other people who were interested in this idea also reach out to me um, across the, across the globe, honestly, Australia and Israel and, um, European countries, so it's been pretty crazy. I feel like I feel yeah. like it was totally. Um, it's a genius idea, serendipity. <laughs> yeah, and I'm cu- really curious: is th- the way you wrote? Because I haven't read the book yet. Um, you just gave me the copy today. <laughs> is this? Is it about you? Is it about the people you're touching? Like, how is it maybe about both? It's both. It's okay. both. I mean, I think the stories start with a personal story and then becomes okay. So, what does this mean to the reader? Yeah. Like, what does the reader take away? Oh, and one of my favorite stories, which I don't know if it's appropriate to tell it on a business podcast, but change the roll of toilet paper yeah. has almost no, became that's, that's my signature. The one, the, like You put it on top, right? It's almost <laughs> not, a, not even that. Just make sure the roll is not empty for the next person. Um, that became a signature story. Which those are I very kinda... relevant to the business podcast, by the way. I mean, because those things happen in the workplace okay, all the time. Okay, good. All right. Well, if you're in the workplace, change the roll of toilet paper. Don't let somebody else come in without having done that. It's an anonymous act of kindness. No yeah. one will know, but... Um, Speaking of acts of kindness, what uh, what were some of the things that you started doing early on in the blogging? Not even when you you wrote the book and you finished that book with the ninety in it, but what were some of your favorite acts of kindness that you did that maybe touched other people? Um, I mean, you know, gave a giving books away. Like I would read a book and I know somebody was going on oh, a trip. A I think that was my very first um, act of kindness. You know, teaching the kids about throwing charity into the coin yeah. canister at a grocery store or something like that. If you're in the workplace, how about, you know, cleaning the refrigerator? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, not the funnest one, but clean the refrigerator, leave a little smiley note for someone, let them know you did that. Um, <laughs> you know, in the workplace, acknowledge people and yeah. let them know that you see what they're doing or, um, I mean, I'm jumping into workplace. Yeah, sure. You know, we'll, co- we'll cover that. We'll cover that. Soon, yeah. um, you know, mine were very, I mean, I have a favorite. I have a very, very favorite um, act of kindness. It's my 500th mitzvah. And it had to do with a, an elderly rabbi that I'd had in town. And yeah. so um, 
we had this unique relationship. He had been part of my life for about 14 years. And uh, I had gone to visit him on, I don't know if you know the book Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah, Maybe I read it. Book. Yeah, okay. it's a great book. So um, I would visit him on the on the Wednesday mornings, uh, have breakfast with him in the year after my father died. And uh, we just had this really special relationship. And then about 11 months after my dad died, he fell and hit his head. Oh, gosh. And he ended up in the ICU. And this email came out from our synagogue that said, you know, please don't come to the hospital only family. But after all those mornings with him, I, I felt like family. Yeah. We had moved to Portland. He'd been sort of my, my you know, clergy for so many years. Um, and so I went to the hospital and um, the nurses thought I was family. Oh, and they, the, you <laughs> you know, tricked the, him. <laughs> the son-in-law, no, he reached, you know, he leaned out and he said, Linda, do you want to come in? He Great. knew we'd had this close relationship. So I did get five minutes with him and got to just tell him like, you just meant so much to our family and you were there when my kids were born and uh, mm. thank you for everything. And that night he passed away. Oh my gosh. And so I wrote about it on my blog, my 500th mitzvah. Yeah. And uh, his son read that and was so touched by it that at the memorial he shared what I had written on the blog. So Beautiful. that just, you know, it was kind of all, and I said, if I could be half as much of yeah. a doer as my rabbi had been in this amazing way in all these years. So. Because imagine if you didn't get a chance to say that you he probably let go that night is yeah. kind of yeah. what it sounded like yeah. that he needed to hear something like that he like basically touched somebody's life and yeah. and you're returning the favor basically exactly that's, well, that's a beautiful story boomerang that boomerang feeling that we all yeah. have when we you know don't forget to say to the loved ones that you have what's yeah. important to you so what are some of these the biggest lessons that you learned from going through the process of documenting it through your blog, writing the book, the people you've talked to. Right. I came up with basically three major lessons that I learned. The first is keep it simple. Yeah. It really doesn't matter the size of the act of kindness. You may think that, you know, listening to someone or offering a smile to someone who's having a bad day is nothing. But for someone who's having a bad day, yeah. that could change everything for them. So the size of the mitzvah does not matter or the good deed. I'm going to call it I'm gonna I, call I, have it. A, I have a story. So like you just said the small act. I, most people like would think a small act, like it's nothing, right? I remember years ago, it, it, something totally caught me off guard. We were in um, uh, like an all-team meeting doing some sort of exercise. And one of my colleagues at the time, she's no longer here, she was pregnant. And I mean, she's she towards the end. And I remember grabbing a chair for her. And I, th I think we were out of chairs or something. I grabbed her a chair because she was standing at the time. And I remember she just had totally melted down. Mm -hmm. She's like, they, thank you so much for grabbing me a chair. And I'm like, I'm just getting you a chair. This is the right thing to do, right? right. And I just had no idea, like something so simple and well, you acknowledged was, her. You noticed yeah, that she was yeah. there and maybe she would like that. And you, you know, you saw her and yeah. I think everybody wants to be seen and acknowledged. But so. like with the small stuff, I, I wish that people were more cognizant of like the, just the small little things, exactly. holding open a door. Exactly. What are some other ones that like small or big? Yeah, hold the elevator. I don't know. This past weekend, I saw some bumper stickers. This is kind of a two part story. Um, <laughs> somebody left me on my, on my car last week, a note that said, you suck, which I Why? thought I have Why? no idea, but just out of the blue and it just felt horrible. Why would you think? go out of their way to exactly do that. i have no, no idea but i came home and i like showed the note to my husband it just made me feel terrible like maybe yeah. i do suck and just that horrible little action that somebody randomly did so this past week we were at um a park and we saw a bumper sticker that said you know um be kind to your mother and the other one said you know make a difference and so i left the lady a note i assume it was a lady the car was very feminine looking but i left a note <laughs> on her car that said your bumper stickers are awesome have a great day That's you know amazing. just it, it, those are just the littlest things but you know you can ruin 
ruin someone's day and you can you make someone's can. day with whatever your actions yeah. are. So, um, so keep it simple. The second thing I learned was the ripple effect, which really none of us know what our, what our actions will mean to someone else. And so we, you know, and I have some stories about being out in the world and other people have told me stories that have had ripple effect. And so just, you know, you just don't know where that, where things are going to go. Um, and my third one is about giving and receiving, I found mm. it to be actually pretty easy to be the giver. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. During this, fills this, you up, yeah, fills, fills up your back. Yeah. You're out, you're doing good, and it feels really great. And it's sometimes harder to be the recipient. Yeah. You know, when you are going through a difficult time, and I've had a couple of those since the book came out, my own personal you know, family with some health issues and my mom's mental health, and I got to be the recipient, and there was discomfort in that. And I, as I sat oh, in that discomfort, so I realized I'm allowing someone else to be the giver, and I'm giving them that gift. It is a gift because people people do love. It fills them up to give. But receiving is hard. It's so yeah. hard. Sometimes. So I tell people, you know, let people give to you, and yeah. and, and you you know, it's a it's a, a reciprocal experience. So. It's funny you when we walked in before we started recording, you hand me this book, and I'm like, oh, I need to give you something. I, I, like, I, <laughs> nope. it's hard to receive something as a exactly. gift. Sometimes I want to like deflect that automatically, whether it's feedback or gifts or a compliment. Yeah. How often does somebody give you a compliment? You're like, oh, this old thing. Oh, nothing. It's like, thank you. Just say thank you. They're acknowledging yeah. you. They're seeing you. Thank you so much for noticing. Yeah. You know? It's funny sometimes like walking in the hall or even around the office, people would be like, how are you doing? And immediately, I'm good. How are you? Like you just, def- you'd re- you've deflected. Right. Sometimes I'll actually pay attention to how I'm responding. I'll just say, I'm doing awesome. Thank you for asking. And I won't even... I won't even ask again. I'll just like, just leave it at that. But just to acknowledge like, hey, thanks for asking and and, yeah, yeah, be authentic about it. Yeah. Anything else you learned from? Those are my three. Those are my three big lessons. The ripple effect I think is a huge one because you may do an act of kindness and then you may, it just may be done, but you Mm -hmm. don't know what that other person is going to do at at the end of the day. Maybe they'll pay it forward. Oh yeah. 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 I mean the the whole, I don't know if you know about Starbucks, you know, there was one time where people, somebody paid for somebody's Starbucks and it went on to like 2000 (laughs) people did it. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, the ripple effect, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty major um, concept and we just don't know. So so the I think the big question is at the end of the day, uh, the ripple effect, obviously you don't know what the, the overall impact is going to be. But what about you like internally? Does that have an impact on your mental health, your happiness? Absolutely. Like, Both of them. I mean, there's definitely feel? science that, yeah. in fact, there's um, a researcher out of California, um, Sonia Lubomirsky, who wrote the book, The the How of Happiness, yeah. The Scientific Approach to Getting mm-hmm. the Life You Want. And she did research on happiness and discovered that our internal happiness um, is affected by our DNA, uh, by our uh, living circumstances, and by our intentional actions. Wow. And the intentional actions are 40% of your happiness. So you have a lot of control over how you can, you know, change your own. It makes you wonder why people intentionally choose to be an a-hole or, you know, just like go out of their way to write a note and put it on your car about how you suck. Well, I think that there may be hurting. I mean, I I, I chalk it up to the fact that this is somebody who's hurting and this is how they're acting out. And for me, that even means more than let's do more kindness. Let's be out there sharing love. Let's open our arms and, you know, and, and feed your mind with good 
good stories. I mean, I think that's the, the coolest thing about being in this work is that when I'm in the workplace and I'm speaking to an audience and I say, you know, share an act of kindness you've received this month. And then I have people talk about it. And then when they share it with all of us, we all get to hear that. And they're remembering something that happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago because it stands out for yeah. them. And they're like, this was so cool. And and then maybe give somebody else an idea of something they could do for another person. So so this, this podcast, our listeners, a bunch of HR people, business leaders. Uh, so of course we're gonna we're gonna talk about the workplace and how this this it makes an impact. How do you like how do you bring kindness into the workplace? Because you have people, a very diverse group of people in every organization, um, women, men, uh, ages. <laughs> all all ages, different ethnicities. I mean, all all different backgrounds, different home lives. The workplace, you're supposed to come together for like a common purpose, but everybody's so vastly different in the way they behave. How do you, how do you get, how do you bring that kindness into the workplace? I think you start with the premise that everybody probably does want to be recognized. Yeah. Everybody does want to be acknowledged. And people who are working in a workplace for 40 plus hours a week would like that place to be a place they enjoy being. So if we take that as the basic premise, then let's have some fun around talking about kindness. So I am I'm a very interactive speaker. And when I am in groups and working with companies, I try to make it... It's all about them. Yeah. It's about what what job are you doing? So, you know, I've worked with different audiences who have different job titles and let's let's make it around what jobs do you do and I facilitate around kindness. What's happening already? What's happening currently in your uh, place of work and, and how could we make it stronger? You know, what role could you play in making it a, a stronger organization of kindness? And so we do it with some games. We yeah. do some interactive games. games we, are great. Yeah, we talk about it. We get a little silly. You know, sometimes we um, I have a game that I play that shows what it's not like to be kind. And that's a real visual around sort of alienating a specific group in the audience when we play this game. All you have to do is see somebody's body recoil from like being horrified by some negativity thrown their way or whatever. It's like... Exactly. It just doesn't feel good. And yeah. so seeing that probably helps, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's fun to do it as a visual because yeah. then, you know, everybody's witnessing what just happened where you exclude a whole group of people. So when you're doing uh, your training uh, for organizations, are you usually like talking to leadership group first? HR people, the entire company yeah, all in one. Yeah, I've done everything. Yeah. I've done everything. I've done leadership, I've done HR, and I've done you know 200 people at one time, yeah. which can be really, really fun because if you've got everybody, then you have ideas bouncing off like, oh, we don't do that in our department. Yeah. Oh, that's not something that we do. And so you can see that their light bulbs are going off like, oh, we should be doing that in our department. Yeah. So. I imagine like part of your training or facilitation around that's, those things are kindness probably involves empathy and compassion at some level like how do you how do you get people to like see the world the way somebody else sees it or be compassionate about their their point of view like how do right. you do that well i mean <laughs> i can't change anybody per- no, you particularly cannot, yeah. but i think you know i again i come in with that premise that everybody probably does want this and you know they're going to be naysayers they're going to be people who like grumbling but sometimes they come around too you know because i think at the end of the day they may also like to be acknowledged they may also like to be recognized for what they're doing that's you know, making a difference. So, and I definitely have case studies, you know, you can talk about case studies of national companies that have made a difference. And even in the Portland metro area, you know, companies that have chosen to have a platform of kindness as part of their mission statement and why that's worked and why their companies are doing so well because of that. Uh, So it's something to consider. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I see that a lot. Definitely around the Portland area, there's so many companies that are so mission-driven. A lot of nonprofits around the area, but a lot of just business owners and entrepreneurs are just really smart about being purpose-driven. And so having a statement 
uh, on, you know, their mission statement or values or whatever, you know, a lot of people are doing that, but putting it to practice is vastly different. Right. How do you do that? I think you have to, I mean, that's a good place to start. I mean, you can start with leadership yeah. or you can also empower the employees to feel like they can yes. make a difference. They can have a say, they can have something they want to do and bring it to the upper management and be able to bring that out. So I think, you know, it's coming kind of on that two prong level, both talking to the leadership about what's valuable and also talking to the employees about, you know, you can be a kindness catalyst too. And I actually say that in the audience. I, this <laughs> is not something I want to like hold on that name to. I want to like gift you with that name so that people think that that's what you're doing in the company too. Um, and so we talk a little bit about what you can do policy-wise or you know practice-wise at, yeah. the, at the company level. How do you, uh, like, so if you have a, a champion of kindness in the workplace, like HR people are listening to this podcast for the yeah. most part, maybe some business owners. How do, like, as a single person, how do you like really rally around this, this kindness? Like, hey, we've got a bunch of people who are just grouchy. They don't treat each other as kind as they should how do you how do you start this? I mean, you can have, you know, maybe you have a kindness month. Maybe yeah. you have, and this is what they do in schools. I mean, elementary schools True. have this. They have like a kindness worksheet and they're all like, they're getting the kids to try to do every <laughs> one of these kindnesses on this list. You know, you could do the same thing. I don't feel like there are that many companies that started that so bad level. Yeah. You know, I would say that they maybe have waned away from it. Maybe they feel, but I mean, even when I've worked with, you know, I've worked with some government agencies who say, well, yeah, maybe we don't have such a culture of kindness but in preparing for me to come they asked their employees to come up with times that they were there were kindnesses that happened in the office and there are a lot of them so it's not like it doesn't exist and so then you know then they then they shared that at the yeah. all staff meeting and we all get to hear what what and who is out in the mm -hmm. you know in the um, employee group making a difference so. a couple different examples you just you talk about elementary school maybe reminded <laughs> me of what my kid uh, my son Parker he came to me about a week ago and he says I got a positive paw and I'm like what is a positive <laughs> paw I have no idea what that is it's where basically the principal catches you doing something great whether it's like you um, somebody sitting by themselves at lunch uh, or something like that and they give them like some sort of paw sticker or something that basically says like I caught you doing something great and awesome job right to well, me, and I would say that's the same thing I'm sorry I, yeah. I would have should have said that but that's exactly what you want to do in the workplace yeah. is reward the behavior that you want to have more of you yeah. know, we're, we're all grown up kids. So if you're doing Basically. that in the elementary school, let's do it at the, so, so you're maybe right. you have a reward system. Um, and actually you just reminded me of another idea, which is gotchas. And a lot of companies will have these and maybe it's something where a, a client can catch you doing something that they'd like to report. I don't know if you know what any of the health systems, a lot of the health systems mm. in Portland have a little, a rose on their yeah. name badge or something when somebody has, that. yeah, when somebody has sent the good feedback, yeah. um, you know, all those surveys that we get where somebody has done something and you want to share what they've done with their manager. That's a huge one. But also, you know, sometimes you want to catch your coworkers doing things that yeah. are really valuable. And I know some companies do, um, you know, every week at their at their weekly meeting, they have a video maybe that they record when somebody shares, Love this that. is what I saw so-and-so doing this wow, week. Wow, how powerful. Really cool. And then next week, that person gets to find yeah. and, re and report about somebody else. That's a very millennial way to yeah. do. Well, I think the social like visibility to yeah. all this is probably huge. It reminds me of, I don't know if you're a football fan, but Ohio State University, they have, uh, when you see them on the field, they have these helmets and they have a bunch of stars on them. And I think 
it's I think it's in practice where if they do something great, like they make a great tackle, they pick up another player, they do something that's great, the coach gives them a star okay. and then they put it on their helmet so that you could see basically visually on the TV, like somebody's got their entire helmet filled up with stars and there's a couple other people that maybe don't. Right. Like you can see all that. You can see like people are doing some good work yeah. and others maybe not so much. So yeah, I, yeah exactly. it's, it's you. Yeah. I mean, so now you'll look at healthcare employees and see if you can see the roses and the stars <laughs> like that, that are on their name patches for the same purpose. So. Yeah. What are some really uh, neat acts of kindness that you've seen in the workplace that have really just transformed cultures? Yeah. I mean, I think it can start again simply with, um, sticky notes you know put them on people's computers and um say you did a great job you know noticing when someone stretches out of their comfort zone or offers to do something or is encouraged to do something i mean overall uh encouraging people to be able to stretch a little bit in their job in their workplace how much of this like should be public versus private not everybody loves like the public recognition and I think it's up to the manager to find out what their employees like. I think there are definitely people who love the public recognition. And if if somebody doesn't love the public recognition, maybe it can be something that's done in private, but still they get recognized. It's not like the sticky note idea. Like, hey, I saw you do this. That's an awesome job. Like, that'd be pretty fulfilling. It'd be powerful. Um, Birthdays, you know, acknowledging people's birthdays. Somebody's going through a rough time. Somebody loses a spouse or a child, God forbid, or even an animal, you know, acknowledging that that could feel really rough for somebody. And maybe the coworkers or the manager organize something to acknowledge that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we are people who have a whole other life outside of our work, you know, our workplace. And noting that that's also something that's happening for us or something's really stressful is going on in my life. And let me help you by unburdening some of your responsibilities for the next couple of weeks while you're dealing with this. That. So. Yeah, I love that. If we're all really kind to each other in the workplace, what kind of workplace, uh, what would it feel like? It's a, it's a great place to work. Yeah. I mean, if you talk to somebody about a great workplace, they may even be willing to take less pay, honestly, because they love coming to work and they would work at that company because it just it feels so good and it makes them happy. They're going to be more productive. They're going to, you know, we know that when somebody leaves a company, you have to replace them. That costs money. I think it's like 21% of their salary to replace somebody who leaves. But that's just yeah. the, that's like one level cost there. I think that there are unrelated costs in there that also are, um, you know, hiring somebody else, the time it takes to teach them. So it's really great if you can keep your workforce happy. And mm-hmm. and the bottom line of that is that your company will be more productive. So Zappos is a company yeah. that I tend to talk about as one of my case studies uh, because they just do unbelievable work and they have an incredible culture to work for. And I don't know if you know anything about how they're now teaching other work forces. Yeah. Um, their WOW, I think it's called WOW mm-hmm. customer service. So yeah. They're doing some incredible work. Yeah. I imagine like with just kindness in general, you have to be very self-aware of how you're feeling at any given moment and to really be paying attention to what's going on around you. Like, how do you, like if you're in this funk, you know, and like (laughs) giving, like you said, giving feels so good, but how do you get out of those funks to just be able to, to pay attention to other people and recognize them for doing good work or open the door, just, you know, whatever it may be. Like, how do you get out of that little self-funk that you're in? Well, first of all, I think you put your phone down because I think we all have our phones on (laughs) Glued to our phones, staring at Instagram and Facebook. And then we don't notice what's happening. I mean, even when you're at like waiting in line somewhere at a a supermarket or something and you are in your phone, you have no idea. You're not going to say hello to the people next to you or notice that they have only one thing in their basket and they could go before you while you have this full basket. Um, that was one of the mitzvahs that I yeah. wrote in the book. But um, uh, 
I think it's, I think that some days you're not going to be attuned to what's happening. And that's okay too, because I think if your general idea is that I want to be looking around and kind of be open and giving in the world, then you're going to have enough days of that. And some days maybe you aren't feeling up to it. But I have to say that there is a little, there's a little adrenaline high when you do something good. Yeah, so isn't the dopamine hit. It is or, yeah. the dopamine hit. So, you know, I mean, if you aren't having a good day, maybe say, I want to find one or two mm-hmm. acts of kindness to do today because you'll feel better when you yeah. do. So if you were having a bad day, which it looks like you're having a great day, you're <laughs> smiling nonstop and it's been a pleasure talking with you. But if you if say you're having a bad day and you walk out of this office, what would you do like within 10 minutes of leaving here that would probably give you that hit of dopamine and make you feel a bit better? I'd probably compliment somebody. You yeah. know, stop at the Starbucks and compliment somebody. Mm. Maybe right away I'd buy a drink for someone else. Although I don't, I think I've only done that like once. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. I think I would look for ways, you know, I had a situation just last week where we were at a restaurant and we had a really nice waitress and she was doing a great job. And the table next to us called the manager over and complained about her. Wow. And I was like, gosh, what did she? And they were like, oh, we need another waiter. You know, she was just terrible. And so I actually went up to the manager afterwards and said, you know, she did a great job for us. I don't know what was going on at that other table, but I think she was excellent and I waitressed my before so I guess I might tell a manager if I got great customer service right away just so somebody would be aware of that and hopefully that helps the employee I love that so. love that well you're doing such great work and I, and I really appreciated this conversation I I hope I don't know when you released your book but I hope uh, you have great success with it where can people find you you know you're in the Portland area but you probably speak all over the I place do. I speak hopefully you're over. not flying around too much but well my kids are older now oh, it's okay, okay to go you're flying good. around i know you have little ones <laughs> i have um, little ones it's hard for me <laughs> you don't want to fly around yeah. um is my website and if people want to find me there and i do fly to different states to work with companies or associations i love doing work with associations um to empower them to go back to their own companies and be the kindness catalyst so linda really appreciate you stopping by this has been a lot of fun thank you so much yeah, thanks for inviting me. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com dot com.